Want ideas to grow your ministry and engage your supporters? Coming to you from QT4CM.org. This is the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. And here's your host, David Allen. Again, we have organizational coach Dr. Ken Thiessen of Power of One Consulting on the line to give us his insights on managing team conflict and anxiety in a healthier way. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, David. And uh, hello to all of you who are catching in on this podcast. In episode 16, I outlined five of the ways in which anxiety manifests itself in ministry contexts and churches and families and businesses. What I want to do today is uh, I want to go into more detail into the second way in which anxiety manifests itself and really hampers healthy team functioning. And it's called self-differentiation. So probably a lot of you are saying, well, what does that mean? Self-differentiation is the capacity of an individual to define his or her own goals, values, and priorities and make decisions apart from the surrounding togetherness pressures exerted by others within the system. Systems are notorious for enforcing compliance. We don't like difference. We don't like people who are kind of think differently than we do, act differently than we do. And so what we ha- you know, do when we come together in a, in a ministry context or in an organization or in a church is we find ways to enforce people to kind of fit in. And if you don't fit in, you're quickly marginalized. And self-differentiation is the ability to say I when the rest of the system around you is demanding we. But here's the important part. It's the ability to say I while remaining relationally connected to the whole. And typically what happens is if you and I disagree with each other, one of us will pull away. We'll withdraw relationship from each other because it's way too intense. How do we manage this relationship and how do we stay connected relationally if we don't agree on issues? And so systems, what happens is if there's disagreement, you have people retreating into opposite corners and they don't stay engaged relationally um, to kind of work through and try and understand each other and say, can we maintain a friendship and a relationship? Can we work together even when we disagree? And can we work together in healthy ways and respect each other? It really calls into question Scripture's teaching about the importance of diversity. If you look at what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he talks about the human body, and he talks about the need for diversity in the context of the body and how a healthy body is dependent on diversity. And he he kind of poses the, the, the rhetorical question, well, what if the whole body were an eye? Now stop and think about that for a minute. Isn't that sometimes what we do in the context of our working teams in a ministry or in a church context? Is we want everybody just to be like us. In essence, we're saying we want everybody to be an eye. You can't be a hand or a foot or an arm or a leg or an ear. You need to be an eye just like me because guess what? I know what an eye does and you don't create any anxiety for me if you think like I do. There's four ways in which, and four patterns that kind of emerge in the context of systems, ministry situations, ministry teams, church teams, where there's little room for people to say I when the rest of the team is saying we. One of the ways in which what happens in these systems is that you get this compliance where 
people just sit back and they don't say anything because they know if they have a different opinion, they're going to be ostracized, their relationship is going to be cut off, they're going to be marginalized. So one of the ways in which an inability to self-differentiate in a healthy way manifests itself is a culture of compliance. And you may have heard the term, silence implies consent. In unhealthy teams, that is not the case. Silence is my way of protecting myself from the potential of you ostracizing me if I have a different opinion. And so the way in which I manage my anxiety is I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to be quiet. Because it's way too threatening for me to, to open my mouth and actually let it out and break the silence and say, well, actually, I have a different opinion. So that's one of the ways in which an inability to self-differentiate manifests itself. The second way is a person who defines themselves kind of by what they're against. They will always tell you what they don't agree with, but they will never tell you where they do stand. <laughs> and again, that is their fear and their way of managing their anxiety, because if they tell you what they stand for, um, you may not agree with them either. <laughs> And so it's way easier for you to tell me what I'm against than it is for me to actually put myself out there and say, well, this is what I believe in. This is where I stand. The third pattern that you see in ministry teams, church teams, systems, where there's an inability to kind of allow people to have independent opinions is a power struggle. You get two opposing sides, each trying to convince the other side that their individual perspective is right. And it becomes this massive tug of war. And I've worked with a lot of Christian organizations, Christian ministries, churches, community ministries, and power struggles are notorious in the context. And it, what happens in a, in, a, in a power struggle is it becomes a win-lose. I want to win, you want to win. And guess what? Both of us can't win if we have two opposing points of view. The fourth way in which it manifests itself is what I call emotional distance. You may have heard the, the phrase, I'll take my ball and bat and go home. <laughs> and obviously, if I take my ball and bat and go home, the game is over. And so the reason for the emotional distance is it's just easier for me if you and I disagree. If I do just take my ball and bat and go home and I can be by myself, I don't have to live in this, this tension of how do we navigate this relationship. Now guess what? If you look at Jesus' disciples, those 12 disciples, do you think they all thought the same way and shared the same values? But Jesus called these 12 very different men into a group. And he says, I'm calling you to come together, to do ministry together. I'm going to empower you to do ministry together. And what I want you to do is I want you to learn what it means to love each other and to love God. Think of Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector sitting side by side. <laughs> Simon hated the government. Matthew represented the government. I think they were on opposite sides of the fence on this issue. And yet Jesus said, come follow me. Come follow me. And do it in a way that's healthy so you can show the world a different way of relating. So as you think about your 
default perspective? Which do you most naturally gravitate to as a leader, as a person? Is it compliance? Is it rebellion? Is it power struggle? Or is it emotional distance? You know, all it takes for a ministry team to begin to have the opportunity to move towards greater health is for one person to change the way in which they relate back to that system. And then that system has an opportunity to move towards greater health. So if your default is compliance, what if you chose to risk speaking out? If your default is rebellion, to, de- to define yourself by what you're against, what if rather than doing that, you said, well, this is actually what I stand for. This is what I believe on this particular issue. If your default is power struggle, what if rather than trying to impose your views on the other person, what if you step back and you really sought to understand that other person and to listen to them? If your default is emotional distance, what if you said, you know what, this is messy right now. It's tough between us, but you know what, the relationship matters more to me than me pulling away. And I'm going to stay engaged relationally and try and navigate, how can we make this relationship healthier? How can we bring healing into the context of this relationship? So a question for you to ponder. How might your team function more effectively, more God-honoring, if you allowed people to have differences of opinions, to be the part of the body that they are, even if it's not the same as you? And how might you begin to model an alternative perspective to a watching world around you, increasing your ministry impact, building the kingdom Living out in a more healthy and a more godly way, Jesus called to love each other and to love him. God bless you in the ministry work that you're doing. That was Dr. Ken Thiessen of Power of One Consulting. You can get the links to Ken's diagnostic survey for ministry teams and congregations and his resources through our show notes at qtforcm.org. We would like to thank the sponsor of this podcast, the Great Commission Foundation. The Great Commission Foundation provides financial management, administrative services to ministries, and handles charity donation receipting and government compliance in both the United States and Canada. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. We would value your feedback by taking our one-question survey. You'll find the link in our show notes at qtforcm.org. Until next time, be encouraged. God is with us. Serve with joy.